This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, how much has changed since the Taliban took over control of Afghanistan? It's been almost a year now. Jamila Alif and Omar Kaywan with Beacon of Hope for Afghanistan tell us what they've managed to accomplish for the people who still live in the country and what Afghans face under Taliban oppression. Are you okay with PSAs? It's interesting. There's a new PSA about nuclear warfare that has been released, and we've got it for you here. And it's back, game showy, on the Shift Daily Podcast. We can help you plan the best Canadian vacation ever with Game Showy. Okay, we can't plan it, but we can inspire you with some really cool ideas. Test your knowledge of Canada's landmarks through trivia on the Shift Daily Podcast. This is the Shift Podcast. It's time for Game Showy. The revolutionary trivia game is back for another battle of the Brinas. Our theme this week on Game Showy is the Great Canadian Vacation. Are you ready to go? Here's your host, Ryan O'Donnell. Oh, thanks, Bob. What a wonderful theme we got today, eh? Oh, oh it's Game oh, Showy, eh? Great. We're just going to hop in the truck, have a dart and a ciggy and a little bit of Timmy's and drive around and see his great Oh, double doubles, eh? Oh, a couple of double doubles, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah, bud. So yes, we're doing we're doing this is the a great Winnipeg based program. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, this is just a theme for Letter Kenny. Uh, our theme is the Great Canadian Vacation. So essentially, tourism Canada trivia. Tourism, and we do have three categories for this battle of trivia. The first category: Eastern Canadian attractions. Ooh. The second category: Western Canadian attractions, oh. and how to get there. How are you getting to your destination? Mm-mm. Today we are playing for tour brochures. Oh. You know how you get a brochure for every attraction? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you're really? going to get them. Unfortunately, they're, you're going to forget about them in your backpack or your car, and they're just going to disintegrate. Uh, are they the cool ones that are like the hand-drawn, character-looking ones that really aren't to scale and don't really help you, but there's like a guy smiling with thumbs up on it? Yes. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, the Photoshop's really bad. The fonts are way too big. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know it. I prefer I the brochure to the app that doesn't work, which is what yeah. most most of them are using now. Those nice apps that don't work. Paper. Yeah, yeah. Just I did. Uh, paper. Did that in Dublin actually. I had like the map, and I'm standing on the corner of that that high glossy paper brochure, and I'm trying to turn it so I can figure out well which way am I pointing, and there's Melanie with her phone. And with her map open and the arrow on the on the map saying we're pointing that way, I was like, "Yep, that's a lot easier." Folded it up, put it back in the rack. Oh, man. Excellent, <laughs> so good. Oh, anyway, so, uh, back where we were. Yeah, Wait a second, here we got a bug. Let's let's get the music there, Brendan. <laughs> Recapping our categories for the Great Canadian Vacation: Category One, Eastern Canada attractions. Category two, Western Canada attractions. And category three, how to get there. Ryan? Thanks, Bob. So the rules of game show are pretty simple. This is trivia. You're going to pick a question and a value. If you get it right, you hear this. Ooh. If you get it wrong. Excellent. Now, it, your opponent has five seconds to steal if you get the Oof. answer wrong. So we can have some uh, tense moments here. And a reminder, you both can use the text line 
but you must must use the answer provided by the listeners so okay listeners get your phones ready get the text ready 877-399-9898 you could be the deciding factor in this battle of trivia so i think we're gonna keep it easy shane won last week so brendan i'm gonna let you go first well he's got a new Uh, tan on his head i think he should go first he's got speaking of summer vacations i think brendan kelly is more fairly representing the summer vacation with his uh tanned cranium yeah tanned cranium i don't have hair so that'd be a good name for a band Tan- yeah, that would be a good tanned cranium. I'm gonna start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and now on awesome. game showy tanned cranium. It's my new punk band. <laughs> anyway, yes. um, let's go with. Um, let's start off light. Let's just go with Eastern Canada for one can. For one can, okay. Uh, nice. Here's a great uh, one can. One oh, brochure. that's funny. Yeah, it's one brochure. I've got it still listed. As, oh, you've uh, got I them listed like, as can. Yeah, I didn't feel like typing brochure uh, like 86 times for all of my different uh-huh. questions on my uh, my list here. So I apologize. Right. Okay, so for one brochure, which of these landmarks will you find in Sudbury, Ontario? Oh, Ooh. Is oh it I live there. Yeah, a statue of a very, the largest spider in the world. A statue of the largest coin, the largest skating rink, or the largest sailboat? Well, in Sudbury, I believe it is a nickel, is it not? And it is the largest coin, the Sudbury nickel. Yes. The big nickel is the biggest coin in the world, and yes, it is there. Nine meters. He gave himself the winning ding before you even said the answer. Well, <laughs> no, he said yes. He started. He saw me and smiling. I also on the like Zoom 100% call. knew the answer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it, it's a replica of a 1951 Canadian nickel. Uh, it is uh, 12 sided and it's located on a small hill overlooking the intersection of Municipal Road 55 and Big Nickel Drive, which I'd love mm-hmm. that. There you go. Brendan Kelly with one tour it's brochure. A, it's a good tour, by the way. I recommend I've it. Heard. Um, I've you heard go it underground. Is. Yeah, it's a good tour. And, um, and uh, I would absolutely recommend you go to Sudbury. In the summer. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Heavy on the in the summer. Yeah, heavy. Okay, good to know. Good to know. All right, Shane, uh, for uh, your amount of brochures and questions, please uh, take it away. I, too, am going to go for one brochure. Western Canada, please, Ryan. Okay. Canada is home to the largest dinosaur in the world. It is 86 feet tall. And it weighs mm-hmm. 65,000 pounds. Where does that dino stand? Uh, Alberta. Okay. Drumheller, Alberta. Mm-hmm. Regina, Saskatchewan. Or mm-hmm. Tumblr Ridge, British Columbia. Regina. Um, I'm going with um, I'm going with um, with Drumheller, Alberta, right? Just over there. It points in the direction. Just up, yeah, just, just not that far away. That is. Yep. Yes, correct. Yes. Uh, fun fact about this statue, each month, 15% of its revenue goes directly to the uh, world's largest dinosaur legacy fund, which then reinvests the money back into the community. So, like, Drumheller mm. literally relies on dinosaurs, which is awesome. Well, it's cool because Canadian there, there's the, destination. Well, there's there's the real uh, museum, and then there's, like, the, the statue you can climb the stairs yeah. downtown by the ones. outdoor pool. Yeah, exactly. And the hockey rink. That's yep. the magic of Drumheller. And also yeah. worth going to, I would say. Just so yes. you know, the, the Badlands of Drumheller, that's beautiful. 
Good stuff. Okay, we've got a nice, simple game so far. What One I... brochure each. Brennan Kelly, where are we going? What are we doing uh, next? Let's keep it simple. Let's keep it one. One can okay. of brochure and uh, how to get there. <laughs> and how to get there. Okay. For one brochure, if you want to take a trip across the Maritimes in Eastern mm. Canada, you're going to have to drive along a very, very, very big bridge that connects oh, PEI yeah. to the rest of essentially Atlantic Canada. So what is that bridge called? Is it the Eastern Link Confederation Bridge or the Atlantic Bridge? That is the Confederation Bridge. That is correct. <laughs> yes. Well, well done. <laughs> well done. Look, you guys are on a nice roll. This is the most the civil questions. game show we've had so far. Well, it's Canadian. We're, it's we're, very Canadian. We're, yeah. Oh, sorry. Were we too civil? No, 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 no. Don't change it. Don't do we, do we want to go into like parliamentary <laughs> mode here? Because we can we do can that. go into parliamentary mode. Parliamentary mode. Anything but that. Uh, Brendan's eating a granola bar in the middle of game showy. But I will say, uh, my friends, that uh, we're on a Zoom call. We know what happens in Parliament on Zoom calls. Yeah, (laughs) I'm Uh, ironing naked. I I have to say something about your answer, Brendan. I'm going to give you the point. Yeah, but its name is actually going to change in April of this year. The PEI legislature voted unanimously in renaming the bridge to Epec Witk. Crossing. It's an indigenous name, and I I apologize. It's a difficult pronunciation. It's a traditional Mi'kmaq name for Prince Edward Island. So essentially, they have renamed it to the indigenous name, which I think is cool. Uh, But it needs to be approved by the Canadian government first. But that is in the works. So it will not be Confederation Bridge forever. However, you still get the point. Yeah. It is still Canadian. You didn't give that option. And also, like, when they do change the name, you can take the point away. I'll give the brochure. Okay, good. All right. There you go. Give the (laughs) brochure back. I would like to acknowledge uh, Jet. Uh, Fuel Glenn, who uh, who had uh, just sent in for the nickel, by the way. Thank you very much yeah. for that one. And also Nighthawk Steve, who suggests we should be playing for cheesy shot glasses oh, on yeah, our summer vacation. Dollar store shot glasses that you buy. <laughs> From all the, the cities things. we visit. Yeah. Excellent choice. Excellent all idea. Right. Okay. okay. Uh, Brendan Kelly up one brochure over Shane with uh, only one brochure. Brendan has two. Yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go back to Eastern Canada for two brochures here, Ryan. I'm going to try to take a little step ahead. Okay. What town in Eastern Canada offers buggy tours of polar bear migration in the wintertime? Is it Attawattapiskat, Ontario? Excuse you. Fort George, Quebec? Long Spruce, Manitoba? Or Churchill, Manitoba? I have no idea, so I'm going to guess mm. and say Ooh. Churchill because that's when I think polar bears. I say Churchill, Manitoba. It's a, it's a good guess. That is correct. Yes. A small community, very tiny, opens itself up to tourists in the fall. You can take a visit out to on tundra buggies with caged windows, and you get to like drive right up to the polar bears, October, November. And uh, they're basically waiting for the water to freeze before heading out onto the ice and going out. You get to watch it all. That was um, that was really cool. Can you say the Ontario town again? Because I really like that word. Ottawa Piscat. I love that. That's right? kind of that's like it's good. That's like Terwilliger Drive in Edmonton. It's just fun to yeah, say. It is real. All of those towns I named are real, and they're all in the same area. They're all in mm. the Hudson's Bay area. So there you mm. go. Okay, awesome. All right, all right, all right. Let's go uh, Western Canada here for two cans of brochure. 
tour <laughs> two cans of brochure. Okay. Uh, let's do this one. This is in northwestern Canada, like like very north. Canada's first official national landmark is dedicated to this geographic feature. Is it a glacier, a pingos, or a mountain? Oh, the first one, <laughs> eh? A glacier? Mm, no, no, the nope. first... Uh, oh, I thought you question. said the first answer. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, it's, it's either... I want to say either a mountain or a pingos, not a glacier. I don't think it would be a glacier. 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 <laughs> so I think I got to sound it out in my mind. Okay. Yeah, I feel like you're stalling uh, a little bit. Uh, you know what I'm he's gonna, doing? He's I'm stalling gonna, to see if the text messages yeah. come in to help him out <laughs> is what he's doing. A, <laughs> no, but I got I to gotta say if I'm going to the text messages. And last time I used the text, they let me down, so... Me and the text. Right. If you do want to text us, 877-399-9898. If you want to send in the answers, BK can use your answer. Um, I'll go with the Pingos because it's fun to say. It is fun to say. That is correct. Yes. Dedicated oh, in 1984, Pingo National Park, or National Landmark, remains our nation's only official national landmark. It is home to 25% of the world's pingos, mounds of earth that rise out of permafrost. I didn't know what they were before researching stuff for Game Showy. I recommend you look it up. Yeah. It is so cool. It is amazing. And uh, one of the reasons to head to the Northwest Territories. Mm -hmm. There you go. I've never, uh, that's totally new to me. Yeah, right? We're getting some difficulty uh, spikes here. So uh, Brendan has four tour brochures and Shane has three. Shane, uh -huh. where are we going next, my friend? Well, in the spirit of uh, the way that we seem to be just playing this one out, I'm going to go with the how to get there category, Ryan. And four. um uh, well, there's lots of three brochures left up there. I think I got to go mm. with the three brochures. Okay, for three brochures. Okay. If you want to take the train across Canada, you're going to need to take the Canadian line with via rail. Okay. Can I have a nice seat? Oh, did Brian just lose his mic? Oh, microphone? no. Does that mean it's I... terrible timing. Yeah, does it mean I'm the host now? Well, that means I win. No, he's rebooting. He's got, a, he's got an angry face. Do you got the question? Do you want to go with the question, or should we just talk about Ryan and mock him at the moment? Are you there? Yeah, yeah, no, he's got nothing. He's got nothing. Can you tell by the look on his face? He's panicking. Yeah. Hmm. I guess we both win. Hello? I, Hello? There you Hello? are. Hi, there. I am. Welcome oh, back. I, my toes unplugged my cord by accident. Sorry about that. Let me start over. <laughs> <laughs> my toes. You're pingos. My, Your pingos my, ate yeah, the baby. My, yeah. Okay. If you take the train across Canada, you're going to need to take the Canadian line with Via. It takes four days, four nights, stops in nine different places across Canada. How many kilometers is it? Is it? Where does it like? Is, can you give me the start and finish? Do you know that? Or are we talking like literally like Victoria to? It's like, Toronto to Vancouver. Okay, Toronto to Vancouver. Okay. okay. So is it six thousand one hundred and twenty kilometers? Uh -huh. Kilometers. Four thousand one hundred and three kilometers. Five thousand three hundred and twenty-one kilometers, or four thousand four hundred and sixty-six kilometers. Um, I've driven it a few times. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to say that, uh, and I just happened to look it up because, um, I've got to get a car 
from Ottawa to Calgary. And so uh, that was about 3,400. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to guess that. What was the low one, the 4,000-ish one? There is a 4,466 and a 4,103. Oh, that screws me up. Mm-hmm. 4,436. This is a tough one. Well, you know what? It's, uh, it is a tough one, but Ryan O'Donnell also has this habit. I'm, I'm more reading into the psychology of Ryan when I don't know. This is what I do. When I don't know the answer, I read into the psychology of Ryan. I did not know the answer of Pingos, but Ryan's options included a mountain, a glacier, and a Pingo. So that usually leads you to believe that it's the weird word. Yeah. So for me, 100%. I would say... That because of my, that Ryan's pattern of reading his psychology, by the way, thanks mm-hmm. for sitting on my coach. You owe me $180. Uh, I'm going to go with the 4466 because that's more of a Ryan number that he would be excited about. Totally. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is correct. How many kilometers is it from Toronto to Vancouver by trade? Uh, 4,466, a mountain or a glacier? <laughs> <laughs> hey, this isn't Jeopardy, okay? This is trivia on a budget. All right. well, clearly a budget. You Brendan just unplugged Kelly. your microphone with your we toes. We only have a few more minutes. We only have a few more minutes. <laughs> okay, we got to is going to get the last question here. So yeah, I got to go three by, uh, to go into the lead. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you got to do three. Six, so four. You do either Eastern Canada or Western Canada. I'll go we'll Eastern. So I haven't done an Eastern, Eastern. question okay. yet. All right, so this is a two-parter. I'll oh. give you a couple of points, depending on how well you do. True or false? Niagara Falls is the most visited tourist attraction in Canada. Dude, he lived there. Yeah. Yeah, I it's guess true. that's true. It's true. Okay. Next part. Has anyone survived going down the falls in a barrel? Has that ever happened? Yeah, yeah so I think it's happened like in a four barrel. times, but it has happened. Yes. Yep. It has. There's all kinds of signs there. That's correct. Yep. Yeah. It, fun fact, it is illegal to go over the falls at all. You get fined $10,000 for doing that. I actually have one more part of this question. That I didn't oh, that just keeps purpose. going? And That's... the first person to survive that trip was a 63-year-old school teacher who brought her cat in the barrel with her. Wow. This is the last part. This is the weird part. Okay, Explains Brenda? a lot. So you have two points. So you've tied it, and you could win if you can answer this correctly. What percentage of fish survive their plummet down Niagara Falls. Wow. Okay, this is a real statistic I found. Is it 40%? 60%? 80 percent? 80 percent? Or 90%? 40 falling over the falls. Mm-hmm. Well, it was, you said 40, 60, 60 80, 80, 90? 90. Um, that was the- Follow the Ryan pattern, man. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) One of you guys are going to have to host this. I swear, I got to break the chain here. (laughs) Uh, I'll go with 80. 80 is incorrect. Mm. Incorrect. You've tied it, but Shane, you could steal it if you get it. You got five seconds. Well, I'm going to test my uh, Ryan theory right now, and I'm going to go with 90 because it's the only odd number. (laughs) Yes, it's 90. <laughs> wow, you're too one predictable. Point. I was trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> yes, ninety percent of fish that fall down Niagara Falls survive the fall, which is ridiculous and 
I'm gonna have to go to complete remaster. Brett and I don't know this much about trivia. We just read Riot, and that's all. That's Pretty all much. we do. Yeah. God. Like Never heard oh, of pingos so before in my life. Before tonight. Ah, uh, pingos. They are very cool, by the way. I'm gonna put a picture up of the uh, pingo bumps. They look kind of like little, uh, uh, like prairie land pimples. That's what they look like. They're cool, though. I'll put some links up on uh, shiftheads.ca. There you go. That is Game Showy, where together, Ryan and Brendan have completely fractured Ryan's confidence in creating answers. Hey, get your pet spayed or neutered. This is the Shift Podcast. It was a few months ago that we introduced you to a couple of folks from a fantastic organization. They're on the West Coast, but that's really not where they are. Are They are kind of halfway around the world at the same time. Right now with me here on The Shift is Jamila Alif. And also we've got us uh, from the Beacon of Hope for Afghan Children's Society and Omar Kwan as well, uh, also a board member to chat about what, all things Afghanistan. Now, you guys, I have received messages about Afghanistan, we've been continuing our conversation about about um, Ukraine, and I know that I'm going to get more messages about one or the other. It must be that it makes me think of you. It makes me think of both of you because of the fact the um, who do you help in today's world, right? Like there are so many people. Not forgetting the guy who's down the road sleeping on a park bench, right? So let's just call it out for what it is: is that just because somebody wants to help one particular group does not diminish any other group. Um, and we all in our own perspective have priority. And that's what we want to do here is uh, bring back the conversation about um, Afghan refugees, the children, and um, allow this conversation to bring a little bit of priority back in people's lens in the conversation about Afghanistan with everything going on. Um, and you guys have, uh, you guys have been busy, been working hard. Who wants to take the take the ball and talk about the successes you've been up to. Um, we have been in the last couple of months as we talked, um, had a couple of fundraisers, one of them being uh, during the Ramadan uh, time. And we were able to raise roughly 14, 15 or more. Yeah, $14,000 Canadian. $14,000 in a month. Um, and that was just us kind of reaching out to people that we knew, uh, posting it online and seeing kind of what donations we got. Because we know in that month, many Muslims um, do give to charity. It's kind of part of um, their religion. And so we were trying to raise as much as we could for Afghanistan. And we were able to feed over 100 families. So that was kind of really nice um, for a couple of months uh, to kind of get through the hunger that's kind of occurring right now. Um, and just kind of, uh, got our social media a bit more uh, out there. And so that's kind of helping us and then kind of receive some donations as well from the listeners from last time, uh, which was really nice. Amazing. Uh, that's so good. And now Omar, um, how do you guys get into this? Let's, let's reintroduce uh, Jamila and Omar to, to the shift heads, to this community. Um, what's your background, Omar? Let's start with you um, in, to bring you to the, um, the bohsociety.org, right? So how do you get here? What, what matters to you for Beacon of Hope? Absolutely. Well, I'm a first-generation immigrant here in Canada. Um, my family fled the war. Um, the, the, the first 
part when the, the first time when the Taliban took over, I should say. Um, and um, yeah, that's, we, that's we, crazy that you have to clarify which time, yeah, which time. And um, for me, you know, I was imp- impacted. I've unfortunately faced a lot of challenges kind of, you know, as a uh, Afghan child being everything taken away from us and our lives and everything kind of being at risk. Um, what really kind of got me moving was the fact that I don't want other Omars who are my age to kind of going through the similar experiences that I did and be able to provide them aid and education and support. You know, we started this organization back in 2006 um, uh, you know, I wasn't unfortunately part of the original uh, founding uh, members, uh, but I joined a year after and we have sort of scaled it over the last 16 years. And we've really focused on providing, you know, children in Afghanistan with access to education, health and um, hygiene and uh, financial support as well. So that kind of brought us right till about August of last year. And then August of last year, after the collapse of the government, we had to put our main priorities as an organization on hold, um, unfortunately, and really kind of focus on providing, you know, uh, aid, particularly when it comes to um, uh, combating starvation crisis that we're dealing with in Afghanistan, um, because of just the collapse, the 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 the, the sort of. Um, seize of the funds, um, the unemployment, the everything just taking a standstill. If you can imagine a country just taking a complete standstill, not for a day, not for 24 hours, not like the outage that we, you know, from a cellular company that we experienced last week mm-hmm. or this week. It's just an entire company, an entire, sorry, country just taking a standstill for a few months. And what will that do to people? What will that do to the economy? Um and everything else that goes with it. So we have been really focused on providing aid and support through food distribution campaigns. As Jamila mentioned, we did a big Ramadan campaign. Um, but since the collapse, we have actually helped six, uh, 60 internally displaced families. Um, uh, we have done, uh, we've helped 352 families with food distribution, providing them groceries for three months. Uh, we've helped 50 female teachers um, and given them salaries. We've actually been able to help 42 artists who are still stuck in Afghanistan. And these are singers and performers who are currently banned for obviously from singing or, or, or any kind of arts and entertainment under the Taliban regime um, financially as well. And we have actually done some pharmaceutical uh, supplies to the only children's hospital in Afghanistan. And we've actually uh, fixed and corrected, uh, fixed up their, their heating system as well. So the children's hospital was actually without a, any kind of central heating system for two months, mm-hmm. uh, which caused a lot of uh that's actually with these uh, sick kids. Um, so we we uh, we focused on that as well. So we have been incredibly busy, um, but uh, glad to be here and kind of offering this uh, little bit of an update to your listeners. Yeah, that's so important. Jamila, what brings you here? Um, well, I'm newer to BOH. I think this year I kind of joined, but, um, you know, I also am a child of immigrants. I came here when I was very young in elementary school. Um, when I came here, the year after was 9-11. So I was very confused uh, learning English and being here and then also just being kind of like targeted or hated in school and not really understanding kind of what's going on. 
Um, and then so from that kind of like growing up, you know, like you're a teenager, you're not, you're not understanding the world, you're angry. Um, and then so I kind of wanted to place that into action. And then that kind of, I kind of jumped around a couple um, different ways or different things to do. And then uh, kind of ran into Beacon of Hope. And that's kind of mm-hmm. been my main uh, focus for this year. But um, I was just yeah, going to say, how important is Canada? Um, I think as Canadians, we don't, we take it for granted, right? I mean, Omar, you just said, you know, the cell phones, you know, we, we are all mad about losing cell phones for a day, you know, and we should be, that's fine. But in the grand scope of hashtag first world problems, it, you know, for some people, obviously it was very, very dangerous, but for most people, it was mildly inconvenient. So when you compare that to, you know, the government collapsing and everything that, by the way, you can't be a teacher anymore type stuff, it's it's a whole different scale of problem. And how important, because we are complacent, how important is Canada to, to be, um, well, that beacon, if you will, appropriately to the rest of the world in a place like Afghanistan for people to think, you know what, there is a place I can go to. There is a place that is willing to help me if I stay. Absolutely. I mean, Canada is, has, has always been sort of uh, perceived and is within the Afghan community living in Canada as well as Afghans living in, in, in Afghanistan as that beacon of hope. Um, it's a country that, you know, is, is welcoming, a company that is in, a country that is, that's, that is uh, inclusive. And, um, you know, it is it plays a very important part politically. I think... Canada can do more, to be honest with you. I think um, speaking as an Afghan Canadian, I do feel that perhaps because of everything else that's happening globally and rightfully still to some extent, our priorities have shifted a little bit, but Afghanistan does need to be brought up with the federal government specifically to see what else can we do with the people who are still battling and, you know, whether it's starvation, whether it's jobs, whether it's we're still waiting for the Taliban government to open up school to girls. Yeah. I mean, this is this is just this is just insane. It's been almost a year. This August fifteenth, it's going to be exactly a year since the collapse of the previous government and the takeover of Taliban, and girls still haven't been able to be able to go to school and get an education. And we have actually tried to open up some small centers in Afghanistan and take the street kids who are essentially income earners of their households because there's a lot of widows. I think one thing that um, hopefully your listeners will understand is that most men who worked in the previous army and, and or, you know, are, are part of the casualties. <laughs> they were and they are. So there's a lot of orphans and a lot of widows and these widows turned into teachers and had government jobs, and now they can't even do that as well. So we started to focus on the street kids and bring them into a facility that we could provide them a warm wheel, meal a day and maybe some compensation for the month and have them attend some sort of a school and education for three hours a day. We were unfortunately shut down. Some of our uh, teammates who are still operating in Afghanistan were detained for a few days, and uh, we had to deal with that situation. So... Uh, when we're going back to Canada for being the country and what it represents, not necessarily just bringing immigrants from Afghanistan to here, which is another part of the discussion, but the, the, the biggest piece is like, what can it do internationally to help us open up the doors to schools, to education, and, and going to give these girls their right, their basic human right, which they don't have right now. 
Yeah, and it's I guess it's easy on the outside as we all look in it and go, don't you know all of these problems go away when you empower women? Really? Like that that we all know that and we've seen it again and again in the world and yet this uh this group sits there and and stays stuck, right? On pause if you will, like you said Omar. Um Jamila, what is it like for women um today? I don't know if you can uh, summarize it, take a look at it. Um, you know, you do have widows, former teachers, you have artists, you um, have families that even if they were still um, a cohesive family, that, you know, that that earning has been cut in half anyway. So just imagine if you're, you lost half of your income with your partner in Canada. Like, it, it these are massive changes. A year later, almost, What what is it like for women in Afghanistan? Um, it's, it's hard. Like, I think that's like the summary of it. It's tough. It's hard. It's disheartening. Uh, like if, especially when you are educated and you went to schooling and you put in that effort and then it gets taken away without like proper reasoning. Um, and you know, I have like family there, I have, uh, women that are women and, and they lost their jobs and some of them were able to, you know, get out and get, you know, help elsewhere and now they are working and some were not and they're stuck there and they're relying on support from other family extended family if they have it um and if they don't then uh that's kind of what you do at that moment um and that's kind of what omar is talking about the street kids because they go out and they beg and whatever they can have and they can go back home and feed their the rest of their siblings or their parents um it's also tough on the side of those that you know have their education on pause um because they are just waiting. And I think the biggest thing with the Taliban that we know from history is that they just wait until the world stops talking about them and start stops talking about Afghanistan so they can continue what they're doing. They make excuse after excuse as to why we can't have the education or if the teachers are not trained or the facility is not right or whatnot, um, because they're just delaying it. And, and that's kind of what Afghans have been saying from the start. And uh, I think the world did not want to believe it. And, and now it's coming to fruition. And so I think in regards to also going back to what can Canada do, Canada do? It's like, let's not stop talking about it because that's what they want, right? They want us to stop talking and move on. Um, and so then they can continue with uh, what they would like to do. So it's tough. It's tough in the sense that, um, you know, like I overhear conversations between my family members. It's tough in the fact that my niece is doing her education with her, my dad over the phone. Um, it's tough on that sense. And it's just, uh, it's completely miserable in my opinion. Um, the, some of these young people, like say your niece, for example, um, even young, almost young adults. I mean, they also, Omar, you talked about leaving the first time. Um, some of these young people don't even have any recollection of the first time. And so this is a full restart. I think we're guilty often of saying, oh, it's just a return back to the old way. You know, uh, that must suck. But this is for a lot of young people. This is not a return back to the old way. This is something that, I mean, they're, they're the old folks talked about, but they've never experienced it. Do you hear a little bit of that from the younger people in the family and in the community? Absolutely. Yeah. There are some stats that were shared that, you know, 60% of Afghanistan's population is under the age of 20, which that really what that translates into is that they did, do not know and do not acquaint or relate to the Taliban regime. So 
absolutely these young girls and these young boys who went to went to school uh, i mean there was a lot of progress that was made in the last 20 years and you know and and they went to school and they had access to education they were learning foreign languages including uh, uh english and french and german and you know had social media access and computers and so on and so forth now everything has been taken away from them all of a sudden um and to make matters worse there's no jobs there's no way of earning proper income um you know uh, there's five million afghan children today that are on the brink of death by starvation <laughs> five million wow i mean well that's all that's more than all of alberta or bc let's put it out and let's right. put it in context but to, just to put it in context but it's it's you know and i know that there's a lot of other unfortunate situations that happen globally we're dealing with refugees from all over the world and you know just to kind of uh talk about what you had said at the beginning just because we're talking about afghanistan it doesn't make other problems and other folks and other issues that we're dealing with less of a priority but afghanistan is something that is a country that needs immediate attention um and unless we do something about it we're going to have an entire nation that is that we might lose because they don't have access to food they don't have money and um unfortunately history is repeating itself because when you look back 20 years ago even with some of the interviews that were conducted with the taliban leaders 20 25 years ago exact same promises were made such as we're working on a safe way for having these afghan girls return to school we're working on economy and blah blah blah, blah. nothing happened and we're hearing the exact same narrative and it's actually scary because even the exact same words are being used today to uh combat and as jamila said to you know have the international community move on okay so let's add this layer to it by the way uh life is still happening and the world is still turning while all of this is going on and a couple of weeks ago maybe almost a month ago now um earthquake hits so now you've got more trouble and this is this is more of this is the the, the natural course of life happening to some of these people uh, how does that land? I'm assuming the Taliban don't have a lot of um, support programs and, and extra trailers that they can take to places when people's houses fall apart. Yeah, they're on their own. Unfortunately, there's no aid. There's no there's no trailers. There's no hospitals. There's no not accessible, you know, treatments and for people who have been injured and so on and so forth. I don't know if you saw it in the news or if you saw pictures, there were hundreds of graves being dug after that earthquake in a row uh, because they needed to bury people all at once. Um, these families, there's hundreds and hundreds of those. So, you know, small societies like Beacon of Hope um, is we're doing our part, sending aid um, you know, to try to help these families financially, as well as with food, medication, access to medication and, and doctors and so on and so forth. But, you know, we can't continue doing what we're doing unless we have the support of the people as well. Um, so that's why it's really important for your listeners, if they can and if they want to, to go to bohsociety.org bohsociety.org sorry um, to learn more about us and make a donation because every single penny that they give us goes towards our cause and the work that we do in Afghanistan. Well, and let, let's just let's just do that too, right? It is bohsociety.org and um look, there there's there's a lot of people asking for help today. And it's been a, almost a year now. Uh but I think that's unfair. 
I think it's it's been decades. It's been generations, right? And uh, even if money's not your your jam in this, um, get involved. That's a safe one. And not only that, you know, maybe take a stand with your MPs and and have that conversation because that's what I'm taking away from both of you here is that. I think that you really hit me, Jamila, when you said that is that's what the Taliban wants is they want the conversation to fade away and the nature of, you know, the nature of the news cycle and the nature of all of the things is that's what happens. And people get kind of sick of talking about things and, and then we, we move along and it's, it's really far away. I, I added, I wanted to add in the, the story um, of going to Ireland and seeing Ukrainian refugees, not as a comparison, but in hotels, hotels shut down. And um, Omar and Jamila, when, when you're in Europe and Ukraine is just next door, you, you kind of get the proximity really quick. Like it's not far away. Afghanistan though, you know, it's, it's kind of out there. It's not really, by the way, it's a six hour drive to a big city that, that that's going to help. And then, you know, another seven hours, there's another big city. And then there's another big city at seven and a half hours, right? Like it doesn't even have that proximity. So it really is left to fend for itself. And these people, it's like even the notion of trying to sneak away, you know, let's get a truck and some gas and let's drive somewhere. You can't, you can't even really do that. Well, I think we're not liked by our neighbors. A lot of yeah, <laughs> not accepted um, by a lot of neighbors. A lot of you know um, opinions about Afghans, and you know, and that's also with the media Just and what regional geopolitics to too. I suppose right. Then there's yeah, faith conversations too. Who the people are yeah. exactly, yeah. Um, and if they had the means, do they have the means to get a car and pay for gas to go? Um, probably not. If they can't even afford the food, yeah. so. There's not much options other than just, you know, stick it out and uh, hope someone helps you. Like, I think that's also the thing is like, um, if they could, do you think that they would not want to help themselves? Like if they could get a job, do you think they don't want to? Um, they do. They, they don't want to be sitting there and, and begging or they don't want to be sitting there and take that. They want to want to help, but they have no options. Right. A lot of them don't. Right. So what, what can they do? And like, I think that's also the thing is, of us and how we perceive refugees and how we perceive the situation and what we think they deserve. Yeah. And the, uh, it's not like they can just go on indeed and search, right? Yeah. That's not a thing exactly. either. Yeah. The things we take for granted. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here. Both of you, um, BOHsociety.org. Uh, give it a go. We will post it at shiftheads.ca so you can link to it directly and, um, and do what's best for you. There are all kinds of ways to get involved inside the organization, inside the politics, um, with the cash is always king because um, that always multiplies really quickly, uh, especially just with the cost of things there versus the cost of things here. You'd be surprised how far 10 bucks goes um, and and absolutely worth it. Any last words before anything we forgot? No, thank you so much for having us and uh, really appreciate this opportunity, Shane. It really means a lot to us. So thank you. Thank you. This is the Shift Podcast. Are you okay with time? Are you? Are you? Are you? Okay. 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 Are you okay with? 877-399-9898. That is our phone number for you to let us know if you're okay with all of these things. Share your thoughts. Yes or no. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Whatever. Yeah. Are you okay with? 
I just, I gotta say, that was the most confusing are you okay with throw to the intro thing <laughs> yeah. you've ever done, speaking of <laughs> aging like a fine wine. Hey, well. Uh, what did, I was on with my, um, uh, I was on with my counselor today. We were having a great conversation about dementia and some, you know, psychological testing that gets done. That you go to the doctor and then what they start to do as you get older is they'll start to do baseline testing. They'll ask you to repeat back five words and you have to remember the five words. And so we got in this big conversation about how do you remember things? <laughs> Just keep it rolling. And, um, and, and the secret is, is that I would, I would always count like one, two, three, four, five. Okay. Remember these words. But then her secret to remembering was she creates a sentence from the words. And, um, anyway, so it was about dementia. And she said to me, she says, well, we'll see you in a next week when we've both, uh, eroded a little bit in our mental capacity because that's getting older. So evidence right here for you of the erosion. I love this song. Guitar guys get Are you okay with public safety announcements? Oh, even better, a good PSA. Uh, I don't know about you guys. Millennials will know. PSAs were bizarre when I was a kid. Like, if you look up late 90s, early 2000s PSAs in Canada, specifically Canadian ones, they are nonsense. There was a talking TV that told me about how to watch stuff safely online. There were house hippos that were that was about trying not to fall for uh, f- fake news back then. I like I like the house hippos. They I were cute. Love them. I lo- they were so weird, but uh, I get them every now and then on TikTok, and I love watching them again. They really stuck with me. So I would say if you get creative with them, they work and they stick with you. Like clearly. Hmm. Yeah, I used to. It was like like extra bonus marks in in old audio production school and college. They were just like, if you want more, you know, marks, just whip up a PSA for the station. So we did all the time, which is great. It was easy. It could be about anything, which was great. It's just like clear your eyes so you're going to fall and hit your head. Like things like that. This is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. Thanks, Nancy Reagan. Yeah. Uh, during the Cold War back in the day, people across the world, especially in North America, watched PSAs on, you know, giving out advice on how to not die during a nuclear strike. All you had to do, duck and cover. There was a turtle by the name of Bert, and Bert the turtle was very alert. When danger threatened him, he never got hurt. You could say it like my grandpa used to say it, which was bend over and kiss your ass goodbye. He was eloquent. Yeah. No, but it's it's true. Do you want to know why they made those PSAs? Was, why it did was they make just those so PSAs? that the American it was so that the American public would feel like they had some sort of safety in the event of that tragedy. Even oh, though absolutely. they were all gonna die. It was well, they were one teaching. way to like Oh, if we knew what to do, we could, you know, hide under yeah. the desk and we'll be okay. No. Well, they were also one of those everybody was buying bunkers. Right. It was a big economic boom to buy bunkers. And then at school, you had to learn how to hide and all that stuff. Well, today it's 2022, not 1957. There are nuclear bombs. So bending over and kissing your ass goodbye doesn't matter because it's going to liquefy you. 
mm-hmm. technology's changed. Yet, New Yorkers got to watch a brand new PSA, a nuclear PSA this week. The 90-second video advises citizens to stay indoors and wash off any radioactive dust or ash. It opens on a computer-generated street, devoid of life. Damaged skyscrapers can be seen in the background like a movie. So there's been a nuclear attack. Don't ask me how or why. Just know that the big one has hit, okay? So what do we do? There are three important steps that I want you to remember. Step one, get inside fast. You, your friends, your family, get inside. And no, staying in the car is not an option. You need to get into a building and move away from the windows. Okay. That's new. That just came out. Christina Farrell, the city's emergency management deputy commissioner, said the video isn't tied to any specific threats, like they said. Don't ask how. It's just the big one, okay? (laughs) Sounds like politics. Don't ask me where I spent the money. I just spent money. She said it's about raising awareness of something most people haven't given much thought. New York Mayor Eric Adams said he doesn't believe the video was alarmist, telling reporters Tuesday, I'm a big believer in better safe than sorry. Well, it has scared the crap out of people, as it should. Uh, I mean, (laughs) wow. I I get where they're coming from. Yeah, of course, better safe than sorry. But I, you know, what would be a useful PSA would be like health and safety, like immediate current issues that are happening, not like the existential threat of nuclear annihilation. It's not. Oh. I was watching The Crown uh, the other day, and I was like, man, Cold War is crazy. Like that that tension was wild. We're past that. Hopefully, kind of most of the worst part, but man. That's a. I think the PSA is a bit much. I think it's. I think it's a, a bit weird. much. <laughs> well, three megatons too much. It's a little bit much, <laughs> but I mean, I think that given the current climate of the world, we need to start thinking about things like civil defense again. And we've kind of gotten rid of all of that. I mean, our adversarial countries are doing that, so maybe we should think about it too. They well, got how about massive this, civil defense drills. I'll meet you in the middle. How about we spend the money on something to protect ourselves with instead of scaring the crap out of people with videos? Oh, yeah. See, there it is. Yeah. Would you, we could just use the old jingle. Just start airing that again, and we can all have I, a duck and cover song in our nightmares. But you know what? It's it's the thing, though. It's the politicization of, of, of creating fear and unifying through fear. We've seen it a million times in the past, right? And uh, this is the stuff that, that sucks. I mean... You know, here in Canada, <laughs> if we had that happen, everyone would be like, um, don't go to the ER without checking the wait times. If you've got nuclear dust on you, <laughs> wash yourselves at home. You know, just so different. Um, anyway, scary. Not okay. Not okay. Um, although, uh, if it does happen and uh, I'm wrong, uh, we won't be here to uh, say that you were right. <laughs> yeah, so. so we're good. Are you okay with bugs? <laughs> Not only cockroaches, which would survive because they would follow that video. Yeah, they'd no, be. Oh like, yeah, because yeah, they could literally duck cover. Yeah, they'd, they'd be all that was here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I, uh, Insert politician joke. <laughs> it's, uh, are you guys okay with bugs? I feel like... I, I don't know. I really hate seeing bugs inside. Why? Certain certain bugs. I I don't mind. Like mosquitoes are the worst. They can completely ruin your evening. And See shame, what I'm saying? Okay, I have to admit to something. Okay, so a couple days ago, I think it was last week. Time is irrelevant. Shane a had a mosquito in his uh in his room in his at his home office, and he put everything off to kill that mosquito. Like while the show was going, like he just, it was his entire attention was devoted to that mosquito. And I thought that Mm -hmm. was silly. Well, I saw a bug in my apartment about 10 minutes before the show. And I literally stopped the show meeting so I could try to kill the bug. So I absolutely get where you're coming from, Shane. You are right. Nay, nay on the bugs, man. There are millions of bugs in our planet. There are some truly nasty ones out there in two places. Number one, Australia. Number two, it's more to make fun of this one, Florida. Jay Pasqua says he's seen about 60 of the giant African land snails scattered throughout his property. If you take a look at this one right here, it's about half the size of a water bottle. They've been spraying different areas. They've been spraying the wood pile. Jay says he just got a visit from the Department of Agriculture. They filled up a bag of invasive snails right before we stopped by. Yet, you have them right in here. There were still plenty left behind. There's a fourth one right there. Jay's friend next door to his landscaping equipment repair shop sells plants. But right now, that business is on hold. Right now, uh, he's been instructed not to remove any of these plants. That's because this area is under quarantine, where you can't remove plants, soil, yard waste, or debris. A particular bug is wreaking havoc in Florida. It caused a quarantine of source in one area, and it could spread across the state. After just one month of the invasive species showing up, over a thousand have been caught. It is not a fly. It's not a beetle. It's a snail, and it's a very, very big snail that's in Florida. The Florida song not there. Just keep going. Oh, <laughs> Florida song. seconds. It was there. No, no, it's Why the next part Florida of the song. Yeah, just like it, you just changed it exactly as the, the script was being read, so I wasn't sure. Like it, yeah, all it the Florida right. song is so, not so. there. That's what's happening here. The floor. I Florida this story. Oh, okay. That's what happened. Here. <laughs> That's what you did. I Florida oh. the story. Yeah, this is the, oh, the Florida man. story has become a peak Florida story. The Florida story has become. Uh, you know what? I mean, let's just pretend this whole, for the sake of it, let's just pretend this whole thing's happening in Australia. Just drive from town to paradise and you'll see why we call Australia home. Australia. Anyway, that earlier report was from 10 Tampa, not from Australia. But why all the fuss? What can a snail do? A snail can do an awful lot. A giant Africa land snail has been eradicated twice in Florida, once in 1975 and another in 2021. Around 170,000 snails were collected over the course of 10 years. In the second instance, the state has also deployed snail-sniffing dogs. (laughs) Hey, Bob, what's your new business? I'm going to teach dogs how to sniff out snails. Snail-sniffing dogs that are specifically trained to help them identify the species. You know what's worse about those snails is they eat mm. 7,000 different kinds of plants and they can give humans a type of meningitis. Oh, dear. Yeah, a snail. Not gross. That's not good for your dating profile, huh? No. 
Got meningitis from a snail. Uh, did you want to uh, double check their this one here? Before we get Are you okay with tacos? Who doesn't love a good taco? Tuesday. Yeah, but yeah, they're they're amazing. What? Yeah. Why are you saying it like you're from Western New York? Tacos. It's fun. Tacos. I always laugh when the people tacos. say tacos. Tacos from the Midwest or tacos on quesadilla. We need to say it fancy like a taco. Tacos are amazing. But would you ever want to be compared to a taco? E- example, Ryan, you look like a taco today. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Shane. <laughs> it's weird. And yet, First Lady Jill Biden found a way to compare an entire group of people to a taco. Oh, no. And apologies if there is some buzzing in this clip that we can't get rid of. Enjoy. First Lady Jill Biden issued an apology after remarks she made on Monday were criticized for diminishing Latino heritage. The diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio, (laughs) is your strength. A statement posted on Twitter today said the First Lady apologizes that her words conveyed anything but pure admiration and love for the Latino community. Okay, first it's a bodega, not a bodega. Or was it Bogada? Bogada? I don't know. Bogada? It's a bodega, which is a small convenience store. Yes. And uh, and there was a little bit of uh, there was a little bit of off puttedness. That's from CBS News, by the way. Her comments drew a, te- a criticism, with many taking issue with the mince pronunciation of bodegas and comparing Latinos to tacos, a long held stereotype. The National Association of Hispanic Journalists called out Mrs. Biden for her remarks in a statement, saying it demonstrates a lack of cultural knowledge and sensitivity to the diversity of Latinos in the region. It's wildly offside. And somebody like, wrote that speech yeah. for her. Yeah. This is like when Trump tweeted out the picture of him with the burrito bowl on Cinco de Mayo. It has the exact same energy. I don't know what it is about American presidents just being so blind and with anything to do with Latino culture. It's ridiculous. Well, and that's just it, right? Like, it it literally is just like this blind spot that they, this, that it just, it's, you know, they... People say that it doesn't exist, and then they say stupid things like that. Everyone makes mistakes, by the way. But that is, that's over the top. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show, and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.